Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Digital Transformation Series. This is Jonathan Kirsting with Tech Vibe Radio. And the Pittsburgh Technology Council hanging out with Jordan Saunders from Nextlink Labs. Nextlink is the owner of this series. And... We get to have a lot of fun talking about all the different issues and trends and things you've got to be thinking about when it comes to all things digital transformation. So, Jordan, I love hanging out with you. These are such important things to be talking about. I just love it. Yeah, it's a great time. We uh, you know, had, a, had a great time on the first one and happy to, to keep recording a bunch more. Um, it's exciting to just talk about some of the work we're doing and, and uh, you know, get our name out a little bit and, and you know, hopefully provide some value to our listeners. Absolutely. Now, you've got one of your partners calling in from Philadelphia, from the whole other side of the great commonwealth of Pennsylvania. We have Will Sweeney from Zavian here. Will, thanks for uh, taking the time and dialing in with us today. Hey, guys. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So quickly, just uh, let our listeners know a little bit about, you know, who is Will Sweeney and what is Zavian up to these days? Sure. So, yeah, um, my business, Zavient, uh, we started uh, a couple years ago. Uh, we focused on data security and privacy. Um, my background, I started as an external auditor for KPMG. Uh, I was working with them to do all types of different reviews from um, SOX, which is a financial statement audit, um, looking at the IT controls over financial statements. Um, we were doing SAS 70 reports, which are have now kind of turned into um, SOC and SSAE attestation reports. Um, and then from there, I moved on and worked for Comcast for a, a bit in their uh, assurance and advisory group. Uh, we would do a variety of different projects around um, anything from uh, security incident response to IT asset management uh, reviews and, and consulting engagements. And then most recently, prior to starting Zavian, I was working with IBM and their data, data security and privacy group. Uh, we were helping uh, both commercial and federal clients to uh, implement security controls to protect uh, critical infrastructure in their business. Um, you know, we worked with you know, a lot of different clients uh, in the healthcare space. We worked in uh, FinTech, we worked in um, um, mostly regulated spaces. And uh, it, towards my, the end of my time with IBM moved on and, uh, started picking up this new thing called GDPR, and uh, when I started my business, that's been a very heavy focus on uh, for us is uh, these emerging data privacy regulations that Absolutely. are coming out. So, yeah, super cool. So, how did you and Jordan cross paths? It seems like you guys have some seriously cool strengths and synergies, and bringing you guys together is pretty cool. How, Jordan, how did you guys find each other? Yeah, so uh, you know, I've known Will for a long time. Um, and just knowing, you know, how bright he was and, and how focused he was on, uh, you know, servicing, servicing his clients, uh, you know, I found that out in the field that cybersecurity and privacy were just two areas that were becoming a growing concern with with all of our clients. And, you know, to me it wasn't enough to just be, a, you know, a, a digital transformation services company without really considering all the security and privacy requirements that are out there. And, um, you know, we understand that, 
you know, most companies it's a team sport, right? And so we really felt the need to, um, you know, form a partnership with someone with uh, Will's expertise and his company's expertise to really fill in the gaps that we have. I mean, we're, we're a cyber secure organization. We, we follow the best practices here, but there are some things that, you know, we need to lean on a, a true expert the same way our clients lean on us for, for the things that we're experts in. And so, um, you know, I was really fortunate to um, have crossed paths with Will and, and realize kind of the synergy and the benefit we both get from um, from working together. It seems like an awesome partnership. And as you mentioned, cybersecurity is just so crucial. I mean, it's not something you can just sprinkle on at the end of a project. Exactly. It's got to be it's got to be thought about from before step one and, and everything has to be built around that. So bringing in a guy like Will is just absolutely amazing. So, so, so maybe kind of go over some of the ways that you guys are partnering up and how you're working with some clients here in order to kind of, you know, bring this whole focus across every project. Sure. I mean, you guys spin up through. Yeah. So like I said, I mean, we, we are, you know, cybersecure aware as a company next link is, but, um, we are not, we don't have the level of expertise that, uh, that Will has when it really comes to the, you know, fine knowledge of all the different regulations out there. And um, so that's where it really comes comes in handy to have someone like Will where we can, can partner together and, and he can provide his deep expertise on the different compliance regulations and, and exactly what they mean. And then when it comes to the actual implementation, you know, some of that ends up being in his, his field or some of that ends up being in ours. But um, you know, together we have some great coverage, and, and I'll let Will chime in on, on yeah. what it's been like from his side. Yeah, tell us, Will, for sure. What's, what's going on your end there? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, kudos to Jordan, and I think one of the things that I see very often is um, sometimes folks who are on more of the implementation side, a lot of times they're doers, and they, they want to be able to, you know, do everything for their clients and help their clients in every way possible, and and, uh, you know, a lot of times it is kind of a situation where um, without having some true subject matter expertise in an area, uh, you're, you're just not going to be as successful as someone else who spends their entire career on that. Uh, it, it's very similar, uh, you know, going the other direction. For me, there's areas in my business where uh, I'll run into a situation where a client needs a, a technical solution to a problem, and that's not necessarily in my wheelhouse, and it's, it's, it's great for me to go back and have a guy like Jordan, who I know um, I have a level of comfort with. You know, he can come in and, and take the, uh, the technical requirement that I'll explain and, and go ahead and get that done for our clients. It's, it's a very nice, uh, it's a very nice uh, end-to-end solution. But, uh, again, I think it's just important, um, you know, when you're doing IT implementations or even securing a business, um, more generally, it, it's important to know where your skill set kind of begins and ends. And, and Jordan and I both are, um, you know, deep subject deep, deep subject matter experts in the things that we're great at. And uh, you know, we're really fortunate to have each other as partners in that way. Very cool stuff. I just get excited because, like I said, it's the chocolate and the peanut butter kind of coming together. <laughs> and the person that benefits the most, obviously, is the client at the end of the day because they're getting, like you said, the best. They're not getting someone that dabbles around in cybersecurity and so. You know, they're, they're going to the absolute pros. So what I, I find absolutely daunting, I'm sure this keeps you up at, at night as well too, both, both Jordan and Will, is the technology is evolving so quickly that as you develop solutions, you need to keep redeveloping them to address the fast change of pace. Mm-hmm. Am, am I correct in being freaked out and staying up at night around that, uh, Jordan? Um, hopefully not And as far as keeping you up because you know me and Will are on it. But um, I, I will say that you're... Uh, your worries are, are definitely a little founded. I mean, it's not—it's not just the the tech, technological changes that are 
frequently changing, but there's also a lot of a change around uh, the regulations, which uh, I know I know Will mentioned GDPR and um, and and how that's kind of been dragging kind of the cybersecurity uh, requirements along with it because that's that's a heavily privacy focused regulation, but there is a, a large cybersecurity component of it, um, and so it's it's been really interesting to see how the between the technological changes and the uh, regu- regulatory changes, uh, how much, how, just how fast everything is changing, and it's, it's really tough for oh, businesses yeah. to keep up without internal subject matter experts or you know engaging a third party expert like like me or Will. For sure. Now I can imagine many companies will at first try to tackle this themselves, and mm-hmm. they realize they're in too deep. How often are you called out? in the middle of an engagement to kind of pull the bacon out of the fire as opposed to you being in on the front end. And I keep encouraging our listeners as you spin these projects up, like talk to the experts and the pros first by all means. Sure. Sure. I'll, I'll let Will take, take this from the, uh, from a security yeah, standpoint. And that's, you know, so that's a great point. I mean, um, uh, we actually were engaged very recently by a guy who's an IT systems administrator and, um, his, CFO of his business basically said to him, hey, uh, I need you to go get us the GDPR compliance. I mean, that, that's just a monumental... Yeah, I'll do it by lunch, right? I'll get, it, get that done by lunch. ...for IT systems admin. I mean, it, it's just not a realistic request for someone um, with that skill set, and it's not to say he's not a very capable or smart guy, and I'm sure the CFO saw that and, and trusted that he would be the guy that could get it done, but, um, you know, he, he started to reach out, and we had some very, you know, basic conversations um, to try to understand what his actual requirements were, and it, it was—he very quickly realized that this is something that he would not—he would not be able to accomplish himself. But you know, there there are a couple things at play here. I think as you know, new businesses emerge, um, they are using a lot more staff-based technologies, and they're they're using a lot more sophisticated approaches to building their technology stack, which is, is helping companies in a lot of ways. But um, you know, if you're uh, a company that's been around for a while and you've been doing things a certain way for a while and that there, maybe it's not necessarily the most sophisticated way or, or um, you know, you, you're using the most groundbreaking technology, um, you, you know, you're going to have a, a very heavy lift to get some of these requirements in place, not just from a data privacy perspective, but from a, you know, general IT security perspective as well. Very much so. What are some of the typical mistakes that you are seeing as you're kind of brought into these engagements? Jordan, you want to take lead on that? Sure, sure. So, I mean, and like like Will kind of kind of outlined there is that it's just um, a lot of times it's just some putting a team or a couple individuals on on this initiative when they're not really well suited um, with their skill set. And there's a lot of things. So, you know, for instance, if I were to take a cybersecurity um, initiative end to end, there's a lot of things I know and what we do. They're you know kind of established best best practices in the IT industry. Um, but it wasn't really until working and focusing and doing some work with Will, we realized that so many of our best practices are really based on uh, security compliance regulation. And so um, these are things that have just taken taken a long time for us to learn. And um, I think, uh, you know, again, like a common mistake is just putting not the wrong, the the wrong type of right. role, the wrong resources. Uh, towards this sort of initiative, and then they 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 make the same sort of mistakes you'd think uh, for any you know security naive organization trying to to uh, improve the security there. 
So obviously, bringing the right re- bringing the right resources in up front is going to lower your total cost of ownership. It might seem a little more daunting up front because you're like, oh, wait a second, this is maybe a cost I'm not necessarily prepared to put out now. But if you actually run that project over the course of three or four or five years, you're going to see that it's actually going to streamline things, make things a whole lot easier as far as that goes. Absolutely. So maybe tell us, uh, give us an example of how you guys have been, have been brought in, you know, from the get go in order to set things up right to, to really make it a fast running, you know, super squeaky clean project. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the extra cost comes into just just what you think, right? I mean, if we're brought in from the start, we're able to go in and assess where they're at. We're able to make a plan to move forward. We're able to execute on that plan and then continue to maintain that plan. I mean, I think me and Will both kind of operate all of our engagements under that same sort of um, same sort of process, um, maybe slightly different names, but that's basically how we define our process. And when you're able to do that uh, with, with the proper planning and execution, you, you don't have to do things twice. And I think more often than not, when you talk about... We well, like doing things twice. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone no, likes doing things twice. Um, just question it for a second. <laughs> but, you know, when you come in and you do things and maybe you make a few mistakes, a lot of times you're not... By the time you engage an expert, you're not really sure where you're at. So, you know, it's really tough. I know especially Will being, you know, with all these regu- regulatory compliances, it's... It's, it's, it's not possible for him to come in just halfway and just trust that, okay, this stuff's done and now we need to move forward. I mean, he has to come in and, and actually assess where things are and go through his full process from the start. So you can imagine that you know a lot of that work that was done beforehand may end up being just thrown away. Yeah, I mean, that's just complete time and money lost at that point. So Yeah, a lot of times, too, what we'll see is uh, you know, companies will have uh, you know, a semblance of of some of the things that they need to have in place. It may not always be in the right area. It may not always be done, you know, correctly, uh, but they, they've made an effort. And so, you know, our, our first step with any of our engagements, to Jordan's point, is to go in and do a, a gap assessment and understand um, the current state of, of things, the current state of affairs, and take inventory of where are the problems that exist in the business. That, and if it's a specific project, and where are the problems that exist within that specific project. Um, and from there, we really kind of craft a, a solution that's unique to um, the client. And that's another thing that I think, you know, it's, it's a little bit difficult for people to understand. Like, why is it, why do we have so many problems with cybersecurity? You know, why do companies struggle with this so much? And the truth is because there's really not a one-size-fits-all approach. I mean, that, that, that applies as well to George's business, but in, in my business, it's, uh, you, you really need to understand the environment. Every environment is different. And, uh, and there's different characters involved. There's different infrastructure involved. They're using some SaaS, some on-premise um, um, solutions. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a situation where you really need to um, go in and fully understand that before you start to, to build a solution out. And um, what we find is that the in-house people who try to tackle these problems, they don't have the... Um, global context around what solutions are, are available to them. So they'll do what, they're a little bit myopic in their approach, they'll, they'll do what makes sense to them, they'll do what, you know, they'll use technology that makes sense to them, uh, but, you know, one of the benefits to being a consultant, and I know not everyone always likes working with consultants, uh, but one of the benefits to being a consultant is certainly that you get more of a global perspective and you, you get to see what other companies are doing and how they're tackling problems and then you get to apply those elsewhere and, and, and you know, spread that knowledge around and, and help everyone to achieve what they're, what they're trying to achieve with their cybersecurity goals. I think the biggest takeaway that I keep hearing from you is the fact that 
there's just no one particular solution that gets layered in or intertwined. It's all 100% customized, you know, based on the unique needs and the environments in which these companies and their systems are operating on. So that, that's yeah, that's, that's certainly the case. And uh, you know, you take a, an example of a client that may have, um, you know, regulated healthcare data. Okay, so now we know that that client needs to have uh, HIPAA compliance in place. Um, let's say in you know 16 months or 20 months, that client then decides, hey, we also want to be able to service um, federal employees um, and their healthcare data. Well, that's a different categorization of data called Tricare, and that has a whole separate set of requirements that you need to think about in order to handle Tricare data. So, uh, you know, there really is no one size fits all, and, and it really is kind of involves with the business, and it involves with the risks that are unique to each business, and each business as it enters new markets, it's going to need to consider, you know, how do I actually make sure that I'm compliant? Um, how do I actually make sure that the best practices that I, I need to have in place are in place? And it's really a two-pronged approach. I mean, you have um, you have security control, certainly, but you may be using outdated infrastructure. You may be on a platform that, you know, just frankly does not support the requirement, and then you have to make a, a determination is the value of entering that new market really actually worth upgrading my infrastructure to support the solution? And that's, again, an area where uh, it's very nice to have a guy like Jordan who I uh, can explain the requirements to my clients and explain to them you know, what they need to have in place to get them to where they need to be. And then a guy like Jordan can come in and uh, actually help them to get there from a technical implementation perspective. Very, very cool stuff. So I wonder if we could switch gears a little bit. There's something in my talking points here that I think we really need to discuss. It's about a $30 million contract that was lost out on. It's, obviously, we need to change the names and not use names to protect the guilty and the innocent, but fill us in on how you, you know saving a, a $30 million project. You know, we, we actually see this a lot where uh, it, it is becoming a situation where companies just do not want to work with companies unless they actually have uh, the appropriate, uh, appropriate controls in place and they have a secure environment that they can feel comfortable sharing their data with that with that, um, with that other company. Uh, you know, a great example of this is you saw Marriott uh, acquired SPG and SPG had been previously breached and then that, that breach then ended up impacting Marriott and now Marriott is, is, who owned all of those systems has also been breached and um, things were stolen like credit card information, passport information, um, and, and frankly, it just makes a lot of sense. You know, we had a client who reached out to us and said, uh, you know, we have this potential contract that we're trying to get in place, but we don't have any of the security controls that we would need to meet the obligations of that contract. And that's a situation where um, you have to make an, an internal determination, okay, do I want to invest into, you know, getting all of these things in place in, in order to be able to service this business, which, you know, in this particular case was a very sizable contract. Um, but we are seeing that these these requirements are leaking their way into, into physical contracts. And if you can't agree to them, um, then you can't service the work. And, and even worse, we're seeing situations where we have clients who, you know, have agreed to things in contracts and then they turn around and realize you know, oh crap, I, I actually don't have any of this stuff. I haven't done any of this stuff. I, That's a wonderful I feeling, isn't it? <laughs> if I do get audited, then I'm in, I'm in, a, I'm in big trouble here. I was going to say, yeah, we've seen the same thing, and, and a lot of times that's how we end up really, you know, really engaging engaging Will and his company is is 
we have clients that uh, we've been working with for a long time, and they will, you know, their businesses are growing, and they're looking to engage new partners on their side, and they will get a con, just like Will kind of said, they will get a contract that's a, you know, would be a massive gain for their business, but you know, buried in there is a few lines about uh, the level of cybersecurity compliance that they they need to be at, and. Um, it's kind of like a you know oh crap what are we going to do we need to get we need to get up to speed otherwise we can't sign this contract and so I think for for a lot of companies that's why you know cybersecurity and privacy is really coming in uh, into focus and and you know if, if you ask me or will I think it's only going to increase oh, I, uh, how can it not I mean it's it's only get bigger and bigger much why I think it's important we're having these types of conversations so Jordan tell me a little bit about the synergy between DevOps and you know, security and how that kind of comes together because there's some magical ways that they start intertwining at that level. Sure, sure. So I think um, you know Will kind of touched kind of touched on it a little bit when he when he mentioned how certain certain uh, companies infrastructure doesn't really doesn't really support um, making some compliance easy. Um, and so for you know DevOps is really getting the the concept of developers and the operations teams involved and in, in working together from the start of a project and just like you mentioned Jonathan we want to we want to bring security in and have that be a focus from the start of the project so there's actually been this new term that's gets thrown around you know we'll throw another buzzword around right uh, I like buzzwords Dev, here Come on. DevSecOps where it's really you know from the start of a project um, bringing in security folks with the developer development team and the operations team to kind of all work together in synergy and make sure that all the different aspects are taken care of and security is, like we said, a, a major aspect that needs to be considered. And so a lot of the new tools and the new processes that are um, that are you see happening in the industry around DevOps are now done with a goal to make compliance and auditing much easier. Um, and if you, let's say, are very DevOps naive Chances are becoming, uh, you know, compliant is going to be a little bit more of a challenge for you. Absolutely. So, where can people learn more about you and all your expertise? Yeah. So we're at zavient.com, z-a-v-i-a-n-t.com, uh, and you know, definitely check us out on our website, and uh, I'm on LinkedIn as well. Uh, but you know, you'll get a, a, a quick synopsis of some of the things that we work in, and uh, you know, obviously, if you have any questions or if there's something that um, you know, if you're working through a problem and you just want to kind of pick, pick my brain or pick someone on my team's brain, you know, happy to help and uh, point people in the right direction. One of the things that I found with my business is, um, you know, having a sounding board for some of these questions. And a lot of a lot of times we get these questions from technical and very smart people. So, um, you know, they're a little bit reluctant to even reach out to us to begin with because they, uh, you know, they think they can do it themselves. But uh, you know, we, we really do have an approach where we want to work with you and we want to understand what problems you're facing and come up with a real practical solution to that problem. We're not, we're not looking for an opportunity to upsell you on a bunch of different things that you, you don't need to do. We just want to make sure uh, we do the right thing to protect you and your business and your clients' businesses. You guys are here to help. And, of course, nextlinklabs.com. You can reach Jordan there. Now, you have an assessment tool on there as well, too, do you, Jordan? Yes, yes. So we uh, we have an assessment tool to kind of make a technological readiness tool to kind of identify gaps in, in how companies, uh, technology uh, departments are operating and, uh, you know, suggest some improvements. And, and it's great because our people that visit that and do that tool are able to get some, some value out of it and understand kind of where their, their gaps are and where they can make improvements. 
Um, and then, you know, if they were to engage us after that, it really provides a good baseline for, so we know kind of what the foundation, what you're, right? Exactly, exactly. And, and make those initial conversations a little bit easier and, and um, you know, hopefully for some people they're just able to get some value out of it uh, without ever talking to us. Too. Without a doubt. I, yeah. I think at the end of the day, don't be shy. If you know you're stuck in the middle of a project, give you a call. If you're thinking of a project, even more importantly, and you're preparing, this is the perfect opportunity to call these two guys in and really make sure that, you know, off to a sound footing as far as that is. So Jordan, so much fun hanging out talking about digital transformation here. Yeah, it's, all, it's always a good time. It's a cool company. You just started this thing up and you're, once again, your website nextlinklabs.com. Lots of great information on there and how to connect and learn more about these types of things. And uh, Will, thanks again for calling in all the way from Philadelphia. So much appreciated. Thank you for having me, guys. It was a pleasure talking to you. Great stuff, everybody. This is Jonathan Kirsting with the Pittsburgh Technology Council and Tech Live Radio at the Huntington Bank Podcast Studio. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.